Good morning, good morning, good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ, to you in person, and to those who are online with us today. It's a day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. So, you know, when you think about that, that scripture, God has given us a choice. So you have the choice to make it the day that God made. Amen? Want to also um, thank God for Jesus Christ and the grace that we have been blessed with each and every day to partake in this wonderful communion, what we call fellowship and worship for the Father. We also are grateful for the Lord, not only that, but dying and resurrecting with all power in his hand, that we don't have to wait till we die to be with him, but he lives inside of us right now, amen? But I also want to extend a love to a dear brother of mine. You may know him very well. That is Pastor Joe Miller, and I know that he is having a wonderful time, him and Amy and Henry and James are enjoying themselves. I know you're watching. I just want to say thank you. I love you, brother. Thank you for this opportunity. This is, I don't take it lightly, to stand in a place where you're called as the overseer of this wonderful flock. And it's, so, um, it's always a pleasure to uh, worship with the New Hope community family. But um, I, I just want to start off, you know, this last week has been very hot. Y'all agree with me? It's been extreme. Somebody's like, yes. <laughs> Hope someone didn't uh, experience any AC going out during that hot, um, hot weather. I think we've been averaging around 94 degrees, and the heat index has been around 104. Can I get an amen right there? <laughs> And so um, when it comes to heat like that, we're, you know, some of us are used to it, but for me, I'm from Michigan. And I, I love the heat, but man, I'm not used to experiencing 104 uh, heat index, even though my parents said it has been hot there too. But then one day this past week, um, me and my wife like watching the evening news. I don't know if you can vote with, with us on that but just to keep up with the weather. And we remember a few days before when we was watching the news that that day that we start watching the news, it's supposed to be sunny all day. But when that day came and we was watching the news, they said, you're about to experience an extreme storm, a weather forecast, guy looking nice in a suit, you know, and he smiled and said, it's not only one storm, but it's actually multiple storms coming around the same time. I'm like, whoa. And so a few days ago, there was a thunderstorm. Okay, you might have experienced that if you were in Pikesville, <laughs> especially if you were in Randallstown, Ricestown. That's it, that's it, Ricestown. And Ricestown was experiencing a lot of lightning and then in the city, there were high winds. And this is amazing, all happening around the same time. And then over by Ellicott City, more west, hailstorms. Now, 
there are different types of storms, but I've never experienced them all at once. There's hailstorms that I mentioned, thunderstorms, ice storms. If you're from where I'm from, Michigan, <laughs> it can get cold in the winter. Very nice is one place that I, I will tell you you will experience all four seasons of the year. But in the winter, there are what we call blizzards. And when I say blizzards, not, not to offend any um, Baltimore, Maryland, and, and, and actually uh, one of my friends, he called himself Baltimore something I can't say behind the, but I think y'all know what I'm talking about. But those individuals that claim that they are Baltimore native, they say, oh man, we get a lot of snow. I'm like, this, this is Hollywood snow and we, there's no school. You know, I'm like, this is cute. <laughs> this is cute snow. Oh, my goodness. But when I talk about blizzard, I grew up off Lake Michigan, South Haven, beautiful town. Right now, it is a lot of people from all over the country. It's a tourist town. But in the wintertime, the lake freezes, and we have what we call a lake effect snow, okay? And I remember one time, we accumulated in one day over two feet of snow. I know you're like, come on, are you, are you messing with me? No, I'm not. TD is not messing with you. Because I, I played in the snow, I remember. <laughs> and when I say accumulation, you get done shoveling your driveway. Within another hour, you have to shovel again. But, you know, in different, um, there's different types of storms that I was mentioning. Depending on your location or where you live, what part of the country that you're from, you're going to experience some kind of storm. There's tropical storms, and we are also familiar with um, different uh, typhoons that the area of Asia experience, where we don't usually experience, but some of us experience hurricanes, but you will not experience it off of Lake Michigan. So the demographic location or geographic location may play a part in what you experience when it's the type of storm. But one thing that they all have in common is that they usually occur when you least expect it. They usually occur when you least expect it. You can be down in Miami enjoying yourself. That's me and my wife's spot. We love it. But then all of a sudden, the clouds will come out of nowhere. I don't know if you've been to Miami, but it, you, you're like, wow, it's just really beaming sun. But that's what happens. And you can relate that to spiritually. When things are sunny in our life, things just seem to go well. Things just seem to be smooth. Kids doing great in school. Husband found a new job. Everything is going well. But then all of a sudden, a storm comes. Hmm. But I'm here to encourage you that because of Jesus Christ, we can weather the storm. Whatever storm that you're experiencing, whatever location you are spiritually, whatever season that you're in in your life, we all have different spiritual seasons right now. But one thing I say to you, that you can weather the storm. And, you know, when you hear the term weather the storm, 
Um, that means the, when someone is successfully deals with a very difficult problem or to be able to continue doing something despite the serious circumstance or the problem that they are facing. This is Cambridge Dictionary. I didn't say it because I want you to think for that moment that I'm that smart, so I just said it. Then I said Cambridge later just for, you know, for reference. <laughs> but I'm reminded of a song. As I go through a storm, this song is very encouraging to me. It goes like this, some of the words. The storm keeps on raging in my life. And I know you're like, wow, that's not encouraging. But it's, it's when you get to the bridge part of that song and it repeats itself over and over. It said, but my soul is anchored. But my soul is anchored. And it talks about the different types of storms. But Jesus holds me fast because he is our anchor. And it's all right to say amen anytime. I would not get upset if you want to say amen. I'm one that like to, you like to hear somebody say something back because I think you might be sleeping on me. So um, <laughs> Joe said no. Joe, Joe always tell me, Pastor Joe, he's probably laughing right now. Um, but he always tell me, no, they're really listening. <laughs> and I, I grew up kind of, uh, the, the Baptist where if you sit down, everybody looking at you. It was like that. It was, it was like a basketball game at the, where I grew up. But um, it, it's, it's good to know that when we go into a storm, that we have a solid rock, an anchor. And I would like, amen, thank you. Yes, praise the Lord. Hey, I feel that. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to go, if you can go turn your Bibles to Matthew 14. And this is a familiar passage. But as you turn to Matthew 14, um, we're going to anchor, <laughs> our anchor scripture <laughs> will be verses 22 through 33. Now, I want to I, I set this uh, passage up, of uh, the background, rather, of Matthew 14. Um, this is a time um, where there's a few things that's been going on, and Jesus is at his greatest height right now with his popularity. He have been healing. People have been talking about this wonderful man who is healing. They call him a prophet. Some call him the son of David. Some have called him the Messiah. And there are crowds of individuals who are anxious to see him, converse with him so they could be healed so they pressed to get to see him. Now, that's a great thing, right? To go and press to see Almighty God. And there was an individual whose name was Herod Antipas, who heard of Jesus, but he had a, a misunderstanding of Jesus' identity because he was thinking it was John the Baptist resurrected John the Baptist because he had had him killed. I don't want to go through so much detail, but his wife that he married was actually his brother's wife. And John the Baptist, when he was alive, he told them, you guys don't need to be together. You don't, that's against the law. So the wife sought for John the Baptist to be beheaded based on the promise that Herod 
gave to her daughter, which is his um, stepdaughter. And because of that, his feeling is like guilt and shame. So him hearing about Jesus, this gotta be, this gotta be John the Baptist. So that's what's going on in verses one through 12. Talks about the death of John the Baptist. And then verses 13 through 21 of Matthew 14, Jesus feed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, even though they were fed too. So that 5,000 was just the men. But if you add their families, it was a lot more than that. Then where we're going to anchor at verses 22 and 33, we're going to deal with the storm where Jesus shows his authority again by walking on water. And then 34 through 36, Jesus heals the sick again. You know, um, when you look at this text and you see how everything is set up, notice how this text is right in the middle of everything. You got the death. You have uh, death of John the Baptist. You do have Jesus feed 5,000. And then people are getting healed. So the beginning was really um, mind-boggling to me because I'm like, wow, we start off with the death of John the Baptist, but we end with someone healing. But people were getting fed. But in the midst of that, there's a storm. And I've mentioned that sometimes when things go well in your life, a storm will arise out of nowhere. Usually a storm may occur when you are on your way to a certain destination that God has for you. Let's look at verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Now remember, people are pressing. They're trying to get to Jesus. They're trying to uh, follow him, but he said, you guys go on your way. I will be with you. I'm going up to pray. And it says in verse 23, after sending them at home, he went up into the hills by himself. Let me get my, my eyes is moving around. There we go, right here. He, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And I want to talk about the night. Usually, night represents a time of darkness spiritually. So it can be daytime, but you can experience a nighttime moment during the day physically. It can be something that just occurred to you, some financial blow up, a bill, lost your job, someone just died of COVID that you've known. Those are storms and those are night experiences. And sometimes, I'm sorry, this is, uh, keep popping off my ear. <laughs> Bear with me, so sorry about that. But the night experience represents that it's a dark, dark, lonely place. Very lonely. Have you ever felt like you were alone? That no one was there for you? No one could give you that encouragement? The night that we were talking about. So night fell while 
he was there alone. So meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble for a way, they were so far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy winds. Mm. They were in trouble because they are now facing a storm without Jesus. This is not their first storm. The first storm that they encountered that Matthew at least um, recorded is Matthew 8, 23 through 27. You remember when the disciples were afraid, but they told Jesus, please help us. We are all going to drown. And in verse 26, Jesus said, you have little faith. And he reminded them that when you are in trouble, when you feel alone, that's when your faith should kick in. We know that faith in Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by, from hearing, that is hearing the word of God. We know that. But when you're facing the circumstance, do you remember that? Because to weather the storm, the first thing you want to do is to remember what the word says. How many of us run to the word when that storm comes? When they said, it's, this is it. You just had one of your best friends. Now, y'all, something came up where you guys are not boys or girls anymore. Y'all relationship just went down because of a situation, whatever it was. That's a storm. And I have experienced that. I'm in a storm right now with a family member. But what do you do with that? You have to continue to remember what the word says. Amen. I thank you. Thank you for that. I feel like I'm the only one in a storm. I'm like, I want to be where y'all at. <laughs> but this is so um, prevalent for all of us because it's easy to say, I know the word. You know, my pastor was saying like this, I heard the word, he heard my cry, and he pitted my every groan. It sounds good, but when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to remember what the word says when your flesh is in the way. But what Jesus was doing, because remember, he said, I want you guys to get in the boat and go to the other side. The other sound, side sounds easy. God has called us, and this is what the other side is, a place that God has called you to go into right now this season. But you're experiencing a storm right now. And they are on their way. They're focusing on what Jesus had told them to go, the direction of Christ. You, me, are headed to where Jesus called us to do. Whether it's somewhere in ministry, whether it's another career, you're headed where God called you. But a storm comes. And remember that he said you're going to the other side. And I want to park here because this is so important. Don't forget what the word says because it points you to the promise. Never said you wasn't going to experience storms, but he did promise that you're going to get to the other side. That's an amen right there. Okay? So you, 
You can get your feelings caught up in that moment because I do that as well. But remember, Jesus said, you will go on the other side. Amen to myself. I need to hear that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He said, on the other side of the lake. So focus on the, prom- the promise and not the problem. You know, Hebrews 10, um, 35 says this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, there you go. Remember the great reward it brings you. Then verse 36 says, patient endurance. Now, some of you guys know my background is uh, personal training. And that word endurance is basically how you handle the stress of your body engaging in a certain activity. And so when someone is on a treadmill, I can engage the intensity based upon what they can endure. So we call this um, muscle endurance, okay? You have heard of cardio endurance. So a person being on this treadmill and how the duration of time they're on it and the intensity lets me know what they can handle, basically. And so God, a lot of times, there's something on the other side even as we're going, we may not be prepared for. But God said, I'm going to send a, or I'm gonna allow a storm to just come. So by the time you get to the other side, you're ready. Amen. And so here it says in verse 36, patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has. Here go that word promised you see what he has promised I want to just say this to my my, 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 my beloved uh, pastor friend pastor Joe God hears you brother <laughs> he hears you everything you're asking for he's getting you ready for praise the Lord I have to just when God speaks to me, I have to say it. And, he, <laughs> and I thank God for the work that you all have been doing here because that work is leading you to the promise that God has for a New Hope Community Church. And so to weather the storm, remember what the Word says and then recognize who is the Word. Back to Matthew 14 again. Now look at this. It it says in um, verse 25, about 3 o'clock in the morning. Now this is early in the morning, okay? Early. Anybody up around 3 o'clock in the morning? (laughs) So just remember, they probably tired too. (laughs) But I'm going to just park this. I've never seen this even while I was preparing for this. But there are times where I get bothered around that time in the, in the morning when I'm sleeping. There's times where I can wake up and I have to start praying because there's a storm that I'm dealing with at that moment. And it just hit my heart and I'm praying, I'm praying. And sometimes I'm thanking God that I heard God and to pray to God because then someone would call or it might be somebody in my job mentioned similar to what I was talking about. 
or what I was experiencing. And so three o'clock for me is right on the money because I, there's times where even my wife is like, won't you just go to bed? <laughs> I'm like, I can't because my heart is heavy. I'm dealing with this. I'm toiling with this. So this is three o'clock in the morning. But guess what? Jesus came toward them walking on the water. So even in the midst of when you're experiencing a storm, my brothers and sisters, Jesus will come and do a miracle <laughs> in your presence. And so this is where we as um, brothers and sisters who are in the storm, it's so vital to recognize who is the word because if not, you can get scared and be afraid. And look at verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, what, did, what happened? They were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. They were terrified. Why? Because they were in their fear. My daughters would say they were in their feelings. Y'all heard that before? <laughs> and, and many of us have probably been in our feelings that moment because we're so consumed by the waves of our emotion that we can't even recognize who Jesus is in our life at that moment. Someone said, "Go, but look at the word say. You can imagine them, I know what the word says. I don't need you to tell me that. That's that moment. <laughs> I'm offended. You just think I don't really know that. Well, she's like, well, you the one called me at one o'clock in the morning. I'm just giving you something to hold on. But I know, but I just need to hear from you. Yeah, am I in the house? I'm the only one. I, mean, I, I need to talk to you guys. Y'all got it. But <laughs> I'm not. Okay. All right. But that's, that's what you want to do. And I, I wish I could say I, I didn't say some things that, you know, that wasn't ungodly, you know, before. And I'm talking and someone would say, uh-uh. I'm like, well, well, this is, you know, this is what they're doing to me. He's like, but what the word says. Recognize who the word is. Because as they looked at Jesus, Jesus began to speak at them at once. And he said in verse 27, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Now, I want to start with don't be afraid because this is not the first time that Jesus mentioned to them about being afraid. When was it? I told you before. Matthew 8, Matthew 8 and verse 23 and 27, where he saw that they were afraid, and then he said, you have little faith. Now, they forgot this moment that had occurred before, and they said, who is this man that the wind and the sea obeyed him? Because of the fear that can distort your spiritual view, which can give you a misleading false account or a misrepresentation of who Jesus is. Because it said that they, they, if you go back to verse 26, they were in their fear, in their fear. Fear consumed them. How many of us, when circumstances come, we are fear of of, of we, we, we're looking at the circumstance and fear just arises and takes over. And we respond based on 
our fear. And they forget that this man had calmed the sea. And he's walking. So I remember in Matthew 8, remember, I calmed the sea and the wind and sealed bam. I'm walking on water. Why are you worried? But he's but they like, oh, you look like a ghost. But then he also says, I am here. We heard that before. That wasn't a phrase. That was a name. Y'all remember when you first, I am? Who was that he told? In the Old Testament, wasn't that Exodus 3.14? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So he was saying, the God that spoke to Moses, and I get a little excited, so I'm going to get a little loud. So Y'all might not be used to that, but I can carry on. If I am, just, just, just turn me down a little bit. That's all <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> but this, Jesus was saying, I'm that same God that spoke to Moses. And now you see me walking on water in the flesh. I'm the same God. John 1.14 said, the word became human and made his home among us. He said, so not only that word that was spoken to Moses, I am the word that's walking to you right now. But they couldn't recognize who the word was, which is Jesus Christ. So remember what the word says. Recognize who is the word. And then respond to the word. Respond. I'm trying to get this right, you guys. I think this is it right here. There we go. Respond to the word. Verse 29. Jesus, oh, oh, let me go to verse 28, sorry. Then Peter called to him. Remember, he called. He, we could say in, in terms in spiritual, we, he prayed, you know. So when we are in our situation, we pray to God and ask the Lord, okay, all right. <laughs> Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, that's amazing. When Peter, one we will know eventually will deny Jesus three times, he said, I want to do what you did. If you are Lord, because I know if you're the Lord, Jesus Christ, you will allow me to walk on water towards you. And what did Jesus say? Verse 29. Yes, come. Then Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. I mean, he probably just stepped out and I'm, I'm, I like to imagine that he just stepped down. Whoa. <sighs> you know, this coast, you know, just like He's just, he's just coasting. He's like, oh, man. But then, remember, he's a fisherman. There's something that I believe is not in the Word, but I know that it's something that took his eye off. Because it then says, but when he saw the strong wind. Let me ask you this. Can you see wind? Can't see wind. And I looked up another version, I believe it's an amplified version. It said he 
not only saw the wind, but he perceived the wind. You only can see the effects of the wind, especially out in the ocean. Only thing you can see is the waves. Because it said he, it says it right here, he saw the strong wind and the waves. Not that he saw the waves, the strong waves, but he saw the wind and the waves because his perception took off his focus on Christ. Sometimes we can worry ourselves or fear ourselves and start thinking of things that nobody else is thinking about. Man, they're going to think this way about me. I've done it before. This is going to happen if I do this. And then it becomes self-imposed trouble. Because I was so fearful that I tried to avoid being ostracized and at the case. And I'm going to ask you this. Have it been a time you were so afraid but you still obey God and it didn't turn out the way you thought? It was actually better than what you thought? Amen. This is what we would do. We would see things that's not really there. But it may cause something. But we really can't put our eye on it. But it's so much enough to keep us from doing God's will. So, he went down. That's what happened. It says, he was terrified and began to sing. But then, but one thing I love about Peter, and I want to say this before we move on to the next point. He responds to the word. He responds to the word. We could talk and say, oh, he messed up. But he was the only one that stepped out because of his relationship with him. You can't do this. You can't remember what the word says, recognize who is the word, and respond to the word if you don't have a relationship with the word. 1 John 2 and 5 says, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Remember what the word says to, in order to weather the storm and recognize who is the word, respond to the word, and rely on the word. These are points that's going to get you through that storm. Rely on the word. So here Peter went down in verse 30. He went down and he said, Lord, save me. He shouted. Save me, Lord. And I noticed something, that Peter went down because spiritually he was doing what James 1 and 6 says. But when you ask, remember he asked the Lord to walk? If it's you, Lord, may I walk on water, walk towards you. James 1 and 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. You cannot weather the storm if you spend more time worried about what everybody is thinking, what everybody else is saying, what the news is saying, what they're saying about COVID, what that person's doing, I don't really like that person. Then you're trying to do a walk of Christ. It's not going to happen. And this is an encouraging message, Pastor Joe. <laughs> it's to encourage us that we have a Savior that sometimes we may not 
may not even recognize, may not respond, may not rely on. But when we rely on the Lord, we will not waver. Because it says, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And I want to just say this. When you remember what the word says, recognize who, who is the word, respond to the word of God and rely on the word that you may end up, even though you did this, and whatever the situation is, the type of storm could lead you to a different destination. Because if you look at verse 34, and I I didn't actually say this in verse 22, they were headed to Capernaum. Capernaum was the place that they were headed to in verse 22. And you'll see that in John's writing as well. But in verse 34, they landed in Genesaret, I mean, I'm sorry, Genesaret, Genesaret, they landed, but they were on their way to Capernaum, a place that they are familiar with because it was a place, it was a port, fishing, fishing marks there, fishing trade, but they went to Genesaret. Why? Jesus did another miracle. He did something that I didn't, I don't think they'd seen before. Because it was two men who were sleeping at the cemetery and they were possessed. What am I saying? If they didn't go through that storm and dealt with their fear, they may not have been able to handle what Jesus is about to do. Those storms, a lot of times, you may think it throws you off, but it throws you in the direction where Christ is. So where you think you may be headed, God is the one that can alter the plan because he is the one with the master plan. And that was an old song. I'm not going to tell you it was a secular rapper, but, uh, you know, I'm going to use it. I think his name was Eric Ben Rakim, but I'm not going to tell you who they were. But um, it can alter your plan, your plan, your perception of where you're headed. So what I want to encourage you is to enjoy the ride. God is with you. He loves you. He died for you. And the storm that you are experiencing, that I'm experiencing, and I'm experiencing one, I have to believe to remember what the word says. Recognize who is the word and respond to the word. And they rely on the word. And believe that when you do that, I am is here for us. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. It's so comforting to know when we go in your word, the soothing part of your grace is that when Peter went down, you reached out and you grabbed him. Thank you for allowing us to be gripped by your grace. Even when we mess up, Lord, you said a righteous man may fall seven times, but we can get up again. It's not about how many times we mess up. It's about what we're going to do next. 
It's about, are we going to allow this to be the end? Or is this a new beginning for all of us? Whatever season my brother and my sister is experiencing, we know that it's a certain type of storm. We all have one thing in common. We have the same Father who loves us, who's given us all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I want to encourage again that all of us will stay in relationship with you and not allow the winds of life and the, the waves of life to distract us from doing your will. Because you called us to be the church. You called us all to do a certain assignment. And that is our destination, a place that you're preparing us for. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Joe and his wife. Thank you for this wonderful church. And we thank you that because of the church that Christ built, that the death cannot touch. Hell cannot prevail against it. May you be blessed by the hearts of your people as we continue to love you and pray to you. In Jesus' name, amen.